Blog Talk Radio.
put a little bit of a damper on that because we were supposed to have Picard season two, which God knows where that is. Um, they started season four of Discovery, but we won't see that till next year. Season two of Lower Decks has started. I think we'll see that first because that's animated. Um, and uh, well, Strange New Worlds has also started filming up in Toronto. So we're, we're, we're slated to see that in 2021. And uh, they started writing scripts for Michelle Yeoh's new show called Section 31. So there's a lot of Star Trek on the way. Don't know when we're going to see it, though, with all this COVID stuff. So, Oh, yeah. No, I think, I, think, <laughs> I think Canada, anything that's getting filmed in Canada, hopefully is, is going to keep going. I was quite surprised that there was an article where Jer- Jerry Ryan is saying Picard is definitely going to film – I forget, February 1st, nothing in California is, I mean, I hope it does, but right, so fingers crossed. Nothing, nothing in California has filmed or started to film on time, or they start to film and a crew member becomes positive, you know, gets tested and and they're positive, and then they just send the whole casting crew home so so i don't know i just i i wish the media wouldn't be so positive because i don't know personally i find that as a letdown i mean to have her say something like well the way they said it is it will start filming february 1st yeah all uh, just wait till they test these people and someone comes up positive and and then it's going to get pushed back until you know i mean uh, yeah, i would it's rather that we hope that we're going to start filming in in february and and uh i mean i'm being realistic now is that uh i mean patrick stewart is Due to his age, he's in that really scary category, and he, believe me, if someone turns up positive, they're not going to risk Sir Patrick Stewart's life. No, absolutely not. But but they did start Discovery Season in Toronto. They did start Strange New Worlds in Toronto, and they're writing scripts for – Section 31, which will be filmed in Toronto, and Lower Decks is animated, so they can do that anywhere. So, you know, we have some Star Trek that's on its way, so that's good. Oh yeah, that's yeah. very good. No, I I think I think uh, Toronto is going to keep Star Trek going strong. I'm just not sure when Star Trek Picard is really going to get back. Uh, you know, into filming. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I, uh, CBS built a, a, a whole studio up in Toronto so they could do all their filming there. It's a huge filming studio. I don't know why they don't move Picard up there. They only do 10 episodes, so that's pretty quick. I don't know why they just don't go oh. get them all tested, quarantine them for the two weeks, get them up to Toronto, <laughs> film their 10 weeks, and then ship them back and get the show up and running. Is there some union reason why they can't do that? Again, now, whether you want to believe it or not, this could be the answer. Is um, there was an article about Patrick Stewart uh, is, is has been doing therapy, you know, about, uh, not physical, mental. Uh, and maybe that's why he's not leaving Los Angeles, is he's not going to leave his psychiatrist behind. I mean, if if he if he needs help that way, uh, that's why he's staying in Los Angeles. Yeah, that could be. That could that very well could be. But. Um... Fingers crossed that we see some more Picard, but at least we've got other Star Trek on the way. And speaking of other Star Trek, um, Star Trek Discovery aired the, the 
episode to call on Christmas Eve. And before we talk about that, I got to warn you guys. Black alert, y'all. We are about to make the jump to some serious spoiler territory. It- That's right. Will Wheaton has warned you. Leslie and I are going to talk a little bit about Sukal. Hopefully you've already seen it. If not, just kind of drift away, run off to the bathroom, grab something to drink, and then come right back. So um, this episode sees the USS Discovery getting to the nebula where the, there, there's a message coming from a uh, Kelpian ship because Kaminar is now part of the Federation. So they sent a ship into this nebula looking for a lithium crystal um, refinery of some type. Uh, the ship was never heard from again. Discovery picked up a message from inside the nebula, and they go to investigate. Um, of course, you know it's not that easy because Osira shows up with her super battleship and uh, decides that she not only – she wants the discovery. She wants the spore drive. She wants the lithium, and she wants to take over Federation headquarters. And then there we have it. So Atili has been placed in command of the discovery while Saru beams over to the Kelpian uh, ship with, with uh, Dr. Colbert and Michael Burnham. Uh, they beam over to the Kelpian ship and they find out that, um, there's a survivor aboard the Kelpian ship, but um, things aren't what you might expect them to be aboard the Kelpian ship. The child has grown up, but not under normal circumstances. So uh, we have this situation going on on the Kelpian ship, and we have, we have Captain Tilly having to deal with the potential attack um, by Osira and the Emerald Chain. And that, that, that's what this whole episode evolves around. And I've set it all up for you guys. And now we're going to get the one and only Leslie Hoffman's um, input opinion of this episode. So what did you think about Sue Call, Leslie? Lay it all out for us. Um, I actually really like this episode because... Uh, I know this sounds a little strange. It's like if you were to cut off the beginning of the episode and just stick to uh, them going down uh, to meet this this young male, um, it it kind of remind it. The episode itself stands alone. It 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 you could actually watch this episode and not have seen. Any of the other episodes, I mean, like I say, obviously the, they are connecting previous things, but but the well, uh, the the a plot I think stands alone as as its own episode. Did you realize that yeah, this I... episode was almost an hour long? Uh, I think it was fifty five minutes or something. Yeah, you know. As I was watching this one, I was on the edge of my seat, and I kept thinking, "My God, they're good. this is gonna they're gonna cut this off any minute now." It just, it just, it was that. Yeah, it was a long episode, but it didn't feel like it as you were watching it because so much was going on, a lot was right. happening. And then being a, an original Trekkie, uh, a lot of this reminded me of Charlie X. Is that? Uh, you know, somebody, well, Charlie was raised by aliens and not of his own kind. And, and uh-oh, <laughs> you're going to have to say the name, Sakal? Yeah, Sakal. Uh, you know, he basically he's being raised by these different uh, hologram people or you know, in other words, they're not human. So it's the same thing like Charlie X. And then I just feel, unless unless it's going to change in the next episode, is that when when he gets very angry, things happen. And that's exactly what was happening with Charlie X, is that if uh, he became angry or scared, 
I mean, he just had powers far more, well, I'll even say deadly than uh, anybody on on the Enterprise could could deal with, and and it seems the same way with with uh, this episode right now. You know that he he was so frightened that you know things started getting crazy uh, around him or or to the outside of him. I mean, he was he was shaking the whole universe or the nebula or whatever you want to say it is. Yeah. Now, what they what they said in this episode is that Sukal was the cause of the burn. And the way they explained it was this planet that they find in this nebula is a, is a complete planet made of dilithium. It's a dilithium, um, what they call it, um, nursery or something, where the entire planet is just made of dilithium. His mother was pregnant when they went there. And so he, he, was, uh, he grew inside of her uh, taking in all this dilithium radiation, and plus uh, the radiation inside the nebula created this really um, unique situation. And when he was born, he was connected to the dilithium in a way that nobody else in the in the universe would have been. And when he got scared, which we saw in this episode, and, and his emotions got out of control he could actually affect the lithium. And that's what happened. He got scared and, and caused all the lithium to implode, causing the burn. And he ended up being the cause of all of it. And so Saru, who, who oddly enough, did you notice, Leslie, that Saru, that Doug Jones acted this episode out of makeup? Wasn't that cool? Yeah, I... I um. What was it? I can't think of uh, the the uh, Deep Space Nine. Was it? It's not all our yesterdays, but yesterdays and tomorrow. Whatever that episode was, where where uh, Cisco was the newspaper guy, and and you saw Garrick out. You saw a lot of characters uh, without their makeup on. So it was really funny. Well, when I say funny, it was really interesting to see Saru as a human. Um, also, one thing, well, I don't know. I, uh, I feel like I noticed it his, in his eyes. And and the same thing happened with, I felt, Mark Alamo on Deep Space Nine, is you get so used to overacting with your face with the makeup on that when <laughs> when you're being a human and you're acting all of a sudden you're you're doing facial expressions larger than life to make the prosthetics work correctly or or you know that the prosthetics will show emotions but then all of a sudden you're a human and I just I don't know I I went on on the internet to look at pictures of of Doug to see what he really looks like and his mouth I guess he does his mouth does look like that but but the one thing that I noticed is that he had he had his eyes really wide open in this episode as a human and I just wonder if that's because he's so used to being Saru and you know the contact lenses and part of the character and all that kind of stuff but uh no it it worked it was a really good episode don't you know don't get me wrong on that is that I I I tried to pick apart at different things uh one thing I really liked but this was part of the script was well well, where Saru was honest and tried to say, no, we're from the outside, which which scared um, – I'm sorry, I keep messing up on, on the new guy's name – but where it scared him, I thought what was very interesting, and I really enjoyed it, was uh, where Michael said – no, I'm part of the, you know, the the hologram uh, program. You know, I am 
one of the holograms. And uh, and then when I'll say she asked a question that started to frighten him, and he said, reset, reset, you know, or, or whatever his words were, and she kind of turned her head away and then turned back and said, hello. <laughs> you know, in other words, she she pretended to reset. Yeah, that that was and, that was quick thinking on her part to do that, actually. Yeah, and that, to answer your question, that, on the ready room with Will Wheaton, uh, he asked Doug Jones about that. And Doug Jones said that so much of Saru comes from the makeup and the prosthetics that when he had the opportunity to act without it, he was really excited because he didn't have to spend four hours in a makeup chair. But not having all those prosthetics on affected his acting because he still had to bring Saru. He still had to be Saru, but he had to be Saru without all the prosthetics. So he found that, that difficult to, to um, balance the two and try to keep the character so that you still thought you were watching Saru, even though you weren't. So he, he, he addressed that on the ready room. Yeah. No, I thought that it was, well, one sentence or one line is that my heels are touching the ground. <laughs> I, I noticed that right away. Uh, Michael Burnham was a trill and Dr. Colber was a Bajoran. And, of course, Saru was a human. Yeah. So that was I, interesting. And then, uh, a, I, I. Yeah, it was fun. I, I'm not quite sure why the Hollow program decided that that they had to be uh, Trill and Bajoran because obviously human is is also a possibility. But uh, it was cool. It was interesting. Oh, I yeah, another I, I effect that was another effect that I thought was kind of interesting was when she accidentally backed off the cliff and she fell up, not down, it almost reminded me, well, and then the staircase almost reminded me of Labyrinth with David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, you're right, it did. I, I thought about that, too, when I was watching it. <laughs> it no, you know, say, it, it reminded me, I, oh, go ahead. it was kind go of ahead. Wrath of Connie. The way Osiris took over the ship, it kind of reminded me of like the Wrath of Khan, the space seed, when Khan takes over the ship. Oops, wait a minute. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, uh, (laughs) I've said this before, is that that I work with a a phone that's supposed to be caption calling because I have problems hearing and the operator just went to dinner. (laughs) In other words, no one is captioning the phone call anymore. (laughs) So there may be a lot of what going on. (laughs) What what did you say? You'll have that from time to time. That I, I also wanted to take an opportunity, though, uh, before we cut the break, I wanted to say congratulations to Joy. Uh, Joy called last week and won an autographed picture of the one and only Leslie Hoffman. So congratulations to Joy Cranker for calling and winning that picture. I thought that was great that she called, and I thought that was great that she won. And she's from Leslie's hometown, nonetheless. So congratulations to Joy Cranker, and uh, I just want to let you guys know that are listening on Odyssey Radio that we're going to take our first commercial break of the night, so just please stay tuned. As soon as you get done listening to all your wonderful commercials, we'll be right back. For the rest of our listeners that are listening live or on Stitcher, iHeart, iTunes, or whatever podcast uh, platform you're listening to, we're going to hear a very quick Chuck Talking promo, and we'll be right back after this message. Don't Trek Talking, all things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday nights, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, 
boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back. So uh, Leslie and I both enjoyed the last episode of Star Trek Discovery, Sue Call. And um, with 2020 coming to an end, as we said earlier, and 2021 looking like it's going to be a bright, better year than 2020 was, um, you know, Leslie thought it might be interesting to uh, reflect back on some of, the, some of the things that led her on this path. The, to where she is now, and to doing this podcast and, and ending up with, with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and uh, just hanging out and chatting with you guys about her career. So, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to Leslie a little about, well, you know, what what made Leslie get interested in going out to Hollywood, how a little little girl in Saranac Lake, New York, could end up in Hollywood, California, and uh, working on Star Trek, of all things. And so for that, I have to turn it over to the one and only Leslie Hoffman because she's the only one that can tell her own story. So, Leslie, how did you end up where on Star Trek? What what made you go out to Los Angeles? Uh, well, uh, oh, I would say all my life I... I knew I was going to be in the entertainment industry. Uh, you know, every year teachers make you write what do you want to be when you want grow up. And at that time, uh, I'll say when I was young, uh, grade school, I mean, I always wanted to be an actress. Uh, it wasn't until my family went out to visit my older brother in California and we went to Universal Studios that I discovered there was a different thing called stunt work. We went to Universal Studios and they had the Western stunt show and these guys come out and here they're talking but but they're also being physical. They're doing they're doing fights, they're high falling off of buildings. I mean it it just and and I I always had been a gymnast, uh, you know, taking gymnastic lessons as a child. I was a tomboy climbing trees. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, where we lived, our backyard was a mountain. Uh, our our house uh, behind us was uh, well. It's, it's it, the other side is Mount Pisgah is the ski center, but that's that's what was behind our house, Mount Pisgah, and I used to climb that that mountain and and I mean again, I guess you you don't really appreciate things until you get older. I mean, or 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 you live in Los Angeles and you see what kind of life um, kids have there and and you suddenly realize, I mean, like I say, how many people can say I had a mountain in my backyard or, or you know, we had maple trees, like I say, that we would climb and, and, and uh, well, all in all, I mean, since the time that I was a child to uh, what children can and can't do nowadays. I mean, if a child is out by themselves, uh, they'll, they'll go arrest the parents for abandoning their child or endangering their child, or which is crazy. I mean, we walked to school when we were kids. I mean, no one, no one. Th- I mean, maybe the world's become a little more dangerous. I don't think it has in Saranac Lake, but uh, I don't know if I'd want to go walking around New York City or Los Angeles by myself, even as an adult. <laughs> but, no, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> definitely not. But anyway. And Leslie, I, uh, I agree with you because I walked to school uh, barefoot in the snow uphill both ways. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It's 
The only thing, well, in this whole thing with snow days nowadays, boy, if it, if there's an inch of snow on the ground in places, uh, they'll cancel school. I mean, the only reason that they would cancel school in Saranac Lake was that it was so cold that the diesel in the buses would gel. Now, they did have those heaters underneath the buses, but when it's minus 40 degrees, even heaters under the buses isn't going to keep the, I don't know what to call it, the, the diesel fluid. So if the if the if they could not get the buses started, because we deal with what's called the Tri Lake area, I mean, so yeah, you know, some kids walk to school, and I could be one of them. You know, well, actually, I was I was just far enough away that either either I could walk to school if I felt like it. Or I could wait and, and grab the bus and take the bus to school. But but then we also have people that are 20 miles out of town. That's a little hard to walk to school. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's when they would cancel school for us, is that they couldn't get the buses started. That really was uh, the main reason. But uh, well, getting back to, um, you know, so I decided, I, well, I guess, I guess my father kept hoping I'd change my mind, you know. I mean, he knew that I wanted to, to be in show business, and, and he was completely against it. And, and, you know, he tried to say to me, well, why don't you go to college for two or four years, become a gym teacher or something? If you don't like it, then go out and try to be a stunt woman. And I'd say in two or four years, I'm going to be older and, and you know, my bones could become stiffer or I could, you know, I, I may not be as physically fit in two to four years. Um, I need to do this first. Um, so then, so then he, he would say, well, uh, okay, how long would it take? And I'd say, oh, I don't know, about 10 years. And then he'd say, if it, okay, so if 10 years goes by, what are you going to do then? I'd say, I'll take another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was determined. Now, and Leslie, did your is, father did, did your father actually ever get to see you in Nightmare on Elm Street or Star Trek or or any of the things that you went on to do in your career? Well, let me let me add a, a slightly sad part to it. I mean, I guess it's uh, I'll remember it, but I'll, I also forgot he ba- he basically disowned me for a year and a half. He no longer had a daughter. He wrote a letter to my older brother and said, "Is if Leslie isn't on a plane by September whatever date, uh, I no longer had a daughter." And my father was very stubborn, and and he disowned me, which is kind wow. of sad because parents should really. Unless that kid is going to be, I'm going to be a terrorist when I grow up. That I might, <laughs> that I might not agree with. <laughs> but you know, I mean, if if a child has a career that they really want to be, I I think parents should try to back them as much as they can. You don't disown a child because they wanted to go to Hollywood. Well, <laughs> uh, um. But let me answer your question first. So, so he no longer had a daughter. He was a pharmacist in our town. He had his own store, and um, well, Star Trek is already. I already was reinherited by Star Trek. But uh, let's say Nightmare on Elm Street started coming out, or television shows that I was on would start coming out, and people would come into the drugstore. 
and they'd go, oh, I saw Leslie on such and such a show. I mean, um, there were articles in, in our I always loved this. Is our newspaper was called the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. <laughs> I was <laughs> destined to be on Star Trek because because our news our newspaper's like 120 plus years old now. I mean that's how long we've had the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. Um, uh, anyways, people would come into the store, and you know I saw Leslie on Nightmare on Elm Street, or I saw Leslie on Emergency, or, you know, one of the earlier shows I was in. And at first, he'd just kind of go, hmm, you know, he he would acknowledge, but, but he wouldn't really say anything. And then, and then I guess, I guess there were too many shows that I was in that, um, you know, he'd say, yes, Leslie was on this or that. Uh, they, I, Maybe it was Naked Gun. That almost sounds like about the right time period. Is they went to a movie theater, and again, I live in a really small town. Um, so the ticket taker, or the, the you know where you buy your ticket, buy you buy your ticket. They're also the ticket taker. They're also the um, um, whatever you call it. You know they sell the popcorn too. The same person does all three jobs. <laughs> And my father was there with my mother, and, and he's telling this person, my daughter's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I think I I think I won him over finally. <laughs> but it's but going back to to relatives or or children. I had uh, two older relatives that were more my father's age, and this is like when when I'd been in the business for I don't know ten to fifteen years. You know, I both both women. I mean, one was one swears she was going to be a rockhead, the other one swears that she was going to be an actress, but uh, uh, they they were just. A little scared to venture out on their own and try, and they both ended up getting married. But they say, I, I could have been a rockette. I could have been an actress. I never in my life wanted to say I could have been a stunt woman. I wanted to really try my best to be a stunt woman, and if I failed, at least. At least I know that I gave it my best. So, so I always encourage people to try to achieve their dreams. Uh, actually, there was someone uh, that I was friends with. with um, boy, I feel like it was before Facebook. Maybe we were emailing and telephone calling each other. And he wanted to get into computer special effects, and and it's like he really wanted to do it. He really was capable of doing it. He was sending me things that you know he did it on his own in his hometown, and at that time I already had my house and and. I said, if you want to come out and, you know, be a roommate, you know, I have, uh, uh, well, I actually had three bedrooms, but one was sort of my, uh, what should I call it? That's where my computer and printer was, but I did have the extra bedroom, and I said, do you want to come out and and try try to become, you know, computer special effects? And he did come out, and believe it or not, he's one of the people that um, I'm probably – I think I'm using the word correctly – is he's one of the people that remastered, like, the original Star Trek, and I forget what other uh, shows they did, like, you know, where they made the planet look more like a real planet, or um, he was part of that group. I mean, so again, wow. that uh, um, follow your dream. I mean, don't give up, or at least, at least try, 
and if it doesn't work out, then you know you did your best. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, well, I've been taking care of my my little puppy, and so so I'm up and down all night long. Uh, I turned on the set, and Police Story was on. And Police Story is from the 70s, the late 70s. And and I start, you know, I, I, I can see that they're talking to a Mexican girl that belongs to a gang, and I'm going, wait a minute, this is an episode I was in. So so uh, I got to watch half of it, and luckily my my part, was um uh, in the second part uh, I took my cell phone and and I I <laughs> that's the only way I could record it but uh it was kind of funny it was it's probably one of the first now my first job was on a movie 2 minute warning but my one of my first television shows was Police Story and was this episode, which I haven't seen in, whatever, 25 years, <laughs> 30 years. Um, it was really funny. Um, uh, well, the stunt co- coordinator needed young girls to be part of this gang, and we were in an abandoned church in, in downtown L.A., and well, the scene is that these two rival gangs start fighting each other, and the director felt that he that there weren't enough girls so so this guy, I don't know if he sent somebody out into the street or how he did this, but he actually found a girl's gang and he hired them to come into the church to you know to fill in that there would be more people fighting. <laughs> This gang comes in. They're given, you know, rubber chains, plastic chains, you know, rubber sticks, whatever. They throw them on the ground. They start picking up real sticks, real lead pipes. And one comes over to our group and says, hey, do you want me to hit you with a stick? (laughs) It's like, uh, (laughs) help! What about the union rules and whatnot? They were able to just hire somebody off the street no. that wasn't a member no. of the union That's... at the time? <laughs> no, <laughs> and there's no what you would call, like like for theater, you'd have a steward that would make sure, you know, the the production is union run. There's no steward on... on uh, Union sets. So unless a director gets caught, unless somebody turns him in, and even then, the Screen Actors Guild usually doesn't do anything about it, or or you really shouldn't have done that. I mean, so that's why you need a a, a stunt coordinator. I mean, you know, <laughs> the director comes in and says to the stunt coordinator, <laughs> you know, we're going to use these uh, this, this real group of girls gang. <laughs> and the stunt coordinator said to the director, you take them, you have them fight over there. My girls are fighting over here. You do not let them near my girls. And, and luckily no one got hurt that night, but, but, you asked a very good question. No, it was absolutely wrong. I don't know. Maybe nowadays, the way things are going, um, this director would have been turned in. But back then, uh, no, they just let it happen. I mean, it, it was really dangerous. I mean, it, well, even like two-minute warning, uh, I want to hold your hand when – when, now this was legal. It was when they had like over like 700 what's called waivers. That's hiring people off the street. Um, I'll tell you, waivers waivers are are scary people to deal with because they think they're going to get discovered, and and they'll get in the way of a stunt and and possibly hurt you. Wow. 
Yeah. So, but it it was funny last night to watch this. Like I say, this show from I don't know seventy eight, seventy nine. I I I forget what year we filmed it. I actually was missing off of the IBM IMDb. So so after the show was over. <laughs> Actually, it, in a way, it was great that it was on because I went to the IMDb and I, you know, I I put in a request to add it. So, so that was good. Um, you know, um, I I think I've already said it. Is that most importantly, people have to make up their own minds what what they want to be or what they want to do in life um and and you should support them good or bad whether you think it's a good or bad decision support them for what they they've chosen um you know i've been asked do i have regrets and uh or would i have done things differently like not become a stunt woman or and the answer is no I mean, I, I do believe me. I have aches and pains, and I do do have a traumatic brain injury, which I don't know when it happened, but I just was one of these people prone to it. I never had an accident that I was taken off the set. You know, I mean, I I didn't have my head bleed or anything like that. But but the answer is uh, no. I would do it all over again. I would I would not change a thing uh what I did. I I did it <laughs> I I did it because this is what I wanted to be. Leslie, what 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 would you say to to maybe some young girl that's listening right now and she wants to go out to Hollywood and be on well, in this case Toronto to be on Star Trek Discovery? What would you tell her? What path would you point her on to get her started on that career? Oops. Uh, okay. Say, uh, like I say, for some reason they're not captioning tonight. What? What? What did you ask? Is what is the? Yeah. What What advice would you give a young lady today that wants to get into that? into stunt work on Star Trek, for instance, what would you tell them? How would they do it? Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm, I'm not I'm still not sure what you're asking. Is that, um, are you asking, uh, well, I, 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 I'm sorry. I can't, uh, what, what, Yeah, how? What advice would you give them? Of course, of all nights, this is when the phone isn't working or the <laughs> operator went went away. Um, I don't well, know. that's okay. I, yeah, I mean it. It's 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 just been fun because I'm probably not answering the question that you're asking. But the one thing about being in the industry is every stunt is different. I mean, it could be the same stunt. I mean, it could be a stair fall. And depending on if the story is a dramatic reason, uh, you know, you do a stair fall. Well, uh, you do the stair fall the same way. I mean, um I I forget who who this line was was said to by but it's like dying is easy comedy is hard so so even when you do uh funny stunts you got to do it seriously right or yep. it's not or it's not funny i mean that that's what I loved about uh, the whole thing with Leslie Nielsen and all the movies he did, whether it was Airplane, whether it was Naked Gun. You know, once he started doing comedy, it's, you know, he just had that serious face. <laughs> it's a building with many rooms, and don't call me Shirley. 
Well, Leslie, uh, believe it or not, we're just about out of time again. Hard to believe, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, this this has gone by. Well, even with the COVID virus, uh, I don't know, this year has gone by pretty quickly, which actually is, is a good thing. Uh, I just, I, I... I don't know what what 2021 is going to bring us, but I'll hope for the best. That's that's all we can do is hope for the best. And um, if you guys are listening and you want to reach out to Leslie, you can find her on Facebook at the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. And, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you there. We're here... Leslie and myself are here live on Sunday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, there will not be a show next week because of New Year's, so we're, we're going to take a little vacation next week. But we will be back in 2021 with a whole new year of, of great stuff to talk about. And uh, hopefully everybody has a very safe and very happy New Year. And I want to just take a minute to thank everybody for listening to us and supporting us around the globe. We really appreciate it. But, but most of all, I want to say thank you to Leslie because we couldn't do the show without the Leslie Hoffman. So thank you very much for hanging out and uh, making Stunt Treks possible, Leslie. Thank you. Oh, it, it's fun. It's it's just been uh talking about all the memories, talking about Star Trek. We got to quickly say, and the planet of the apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the planet of the apes. Can't, can't get away. Can't get away in 2020 without saying planet of the apes. <laughs> uh, That's no, right. it's, it's, it's just been wonderful. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have a bunch of great shows in 2021. I'm sure that we will. And, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Stunt Trek will be back in 2021, as will Trek Talk. As I said, we will not be doing a show on Thursday night, but we'll be back in 2021. We'll be talking about Sukal Part 1 and Sukal Part 2. So, for Stunt Trek and the Leslie Hoffman, I hope that everybody had a, a good 2020 and made the best of the worst situation and i hope that everybody has a wonderful 2021 so i'm your uncle jim and uh, i'm glad you spent some time with us and thank you very much for hanging out with myself and the leslie hoffman and i want everybody to stay safe and be good to each other thank you very much good night leslie hailing frequencies are closed good night everybody bye bye Let's see what's out there.